Hi there, friends. This is the follow-on to the episode where I talked about finally getting okay with I can't and the different things that have led me there, the synchronicities coming up in my life, my reading of many books at one time, and how they're all connecting to one another and helping me feel more connected to other people, my purpose, and my dad. So the Living Sober book that I mentioned has given me a lot because I feel that even though it's written for AA, it's meant for people who are trying not to take a drink, that the feelings that underlie the motivation of taking a drink are the same, are very similar. And the things that make it more tempting to drink are the same sort of things that make it more tempting for me to want a cookie or chips or to eat when I'm not hungry or to do any of the other things that prevent me from feeling the feelings that are really underlying the motivation to do the thing that's not serving me anymore, whether you want to call it an addiction or not. Um, And I'm, I'm not sure if I do. I'm not sure for myself. That's a good question that I just posed for me and maybe for you if it resonates. So the two things that I mentioned that really got me in this book are um, availing yourself a sponsor, finding someone who's been there who can guide you through. And so I'm going to read what um, a sponsor is. And I did talk a fair amount, I think, in the last episode about the importance of having varied levels of support. Um, And this kind of adds to that. An AA sponsor is not a professional caseworker or counselor of any sort. A sponsor is not someone to borrow money from, nor get clothes, jobs, or food from. A sponsor is not a medical expert, nor qualified to give religious, legal, domestic, or psychiatric advice, although a good sponsor is usually willing to discuss such matters confidentially, and often can suggest where the appropriate professional assistance can be obtained. A sponsor is simply a sober alcoholic who can help solve only one problem, how to stay sober. And the sponsor has only one tool to use, personal experience not scientific wisdom. Sponsors have been there, and they often have more concern, hope, compassion, and confidence for us than we have for ourselves. They certainly have had more experience. Remembering their own condition, they reach out to help, not down. Someone has said alcoholics may be people who should never keep secrets about themselves, especially the guilty kind. Being open about ourselves helps prevent that and can be a good antidote for any tendency towards excessive self-concern and self-consciousness. A good sponsor is someone we can confide in, get everything off our chests with. Um, I mentioned finding a place to feel safe in getting everything off your chest about what you need help with and being vulnerable and that being like a magic formula for transformation. And this book was written in 1975. I don't know when AA was established. I'm sure it's in one of those books I have on the shelf, but it's been around for a long time and it's worked for a lot of people, including my dad. 
And I know that the friendships and the fellowship and the, not just being a sponsor, but being sponsored, or I meant to say it the other, the other way around, not just being sponsored, but also then becoming a sponsor himself are things that really allowed him to stay grounded in his recovery and the many iterations that that recovery took for him and the like different ways he leveled up his sobriety from not just sobriety from drugs and alcohol, but sobriety from, um, nicotine, from rage, from isolation, from so many things. Um, he was constantly evolving, which is something that, as I spoke about, I really didn't see in him until, until I got sick and until I, well, a little before that, but until I opened up and chose to, and it really, the, the powerful, most powerful part of it I can remember is when I was sitting at my kitchen table on the phone with him, I hadn't been feeling well, still didn't know why. And I was sorting out my past and and looking at how we grew up and how it's in, how it had influenced my life up until that point. And he just got really real and apologized and, and validated my anger at him and how I had felt for so much of my life. And it was like, it was just so, I felt so seen and so loved. And so there was like this wave of understanding towards him, um, that shifted things a lot. So a little off track, but that finding a place, finding someone we can be really honest with, I think is so important. And in they they point out here that a sponsor isn't a professional caseworker or a counselor and i feel like i've had this this idea about seeking help that the helpers had degrees the helpers had letters after their name and required a copay and they were like the holders of knowledge on health and how to do things but what I've really found as I've been on this journey is that the most help and transformation has come from people who've been there and people who have developed a relationship to their own personal growth and done their own work and have a, a way of doing it. And that way can look like AA, it can look like 12 steps, or it can look like, um, a religion, though that hasn't really worked for me and I have my reasons why, um, I much prefer the openness that I find in tarot and astrology and in, um, different ways of looking at the world, uh, that are of like Buddhist traditions and, and things like that, spiritual paths, more so than, um, like religious worship, I suppose. And there's so much value. Like AA knows the value of having a sponsor and AA is free. AA, you know, doesn't, you don't pay your sponsor. You don't pay to go to the meetings. You can walk in anywhere. I think it's an amazing, amazing program. And the programs that have come from it are amazing too. 
uh, I've often wished, well, not often, but I have wished, uh, when I was going to those meetings with my dad, I, that's when I was wishing like, gosh, it would be so much easier (laughs) if I was an alcoholic, I'd know where to go. I'd have a place for help. It would be so much clearer. Um, but I'm not. And reading AA literature and being in AA meetings only helps me so much because it's not quite the same problem. Um, and so this year I've sought help for people who do have very similar problems with food. I tried OA, not for me. Um, I don't know what it is, kind of bleak, not my thing. Um, and so I've chosen another route, which doesn't mean that that other route didn't work. It just wasn't the right one for me. So finding a place where I feel able to open up is so important. And, um, it's a paid program. It's a paid program run by someone who has years of experience for herself. She doesn't have all the letters after her name that I may have sought out before, but that's not the important part to me. The important part is what I see in her that I can also see in me, both the things that are in common and then like the aspirational things, the things that she has and that I would also like to achieve that if she can, I know that I can. And she has really thought about this path and made it something that she wants to do and has the ability to guide people through. And there's so much value in that. We don't, we don't value these guides in our current economic reality We don't value experience nearly as much as we value someone else's validation of our worth rather than our own internal wisdom. And this is something that I am grappling with in how I bring my own wisdom out into the world and how I share what I know Um, because I do know a lot. Even though I'm seeking help in other areas, I know a lot. There's a lot that I've done. There's a lot that I've been through. I have unique talents that allow me to understand things in ways that people who don't have my same experience and self-study and, um, you know, the books that I read, they don't. And there is value in that. Just like, you know, I mentioned in the last episode, I sat down with that friend and said, oh, I wish I'd studied to be a therapist. And he said, you don't need to. Um, But it can be really hard to see and hard to... Um, hard to place a value on and say, this is what I do. This is what I can help you achieve through this way that isn't something that's typically valued. And my friend Amy has been really in this with the art stuff. And it's, it's cool to watch her going through this from a place where I can see what she offers. And I'm like, I love it. I'm paying for it. I'm there for it. It's given me so much and it's given me so much. But then I also, I understand that, um, if she would have, um, like, how do you quantify what it's given me or how do you, how, how can she really describe it without me sharing it? Because it's individual to me. It's unique to me, but it's really also not unique to me. It's kind of like in the ways that, all the feelings that I think are so personal to me really like aren't. So, 
Um, but yet they are because we all have our own experiences. What one person gets from her guidance through creativity may not be the same as me, at least in the actual, like how they would say it. But I think maybe it's the feeling and it's the development that is the same. It's that being on a path of growth and being supported, um, that is what is what is being given and what we're feeling. And that just opens it opens me up to what's already inside. And I think that that is, you know, how a sponsor in AA works as well. He doesn't get sober for the person he's sponsoring. He just holds the space and is the guide. Um, he's a companion. He's someone that helps another feel not alone and can share like, Hey, this kind of worked for me or, Oh yeah, I've been there. And what about trying this? Um, so that there's a, a structure, a connection created and a structure that is being built. Um, so the other part that called to me really, um, sunk in, I guess, in this book is, uh, loneliness and say alcoholism has been described as the lonely disease. Um, And especially in the last few years of drinking, um, alcoholics remember feeling isolated, even when they're around a lot of people. Um, And it talks about drinking to feel comfortable in one's own skin. And just the power of... um, being in a setting where other people who have the same feelings are talking freely and honestly about themselves and having that, oh my gosh, I'm not the only one. And not only that, um, this, this passage tells a story about a guy who, um, was telling, uh, about himself at a meeting and everybody laughed. Um, and to have that laughter, not feel directed at at us, but like that laughter of, Oh my God, I know that. Oh my gosh. Yes. You know, that laughter of, of like joyous empathy, like that freeze our freeze secrets or something. I don't know. I could I feel it right now. It feels so good. It feels indulgent. It feels like being held and snuggled and it eases tension. And that is something that cannot be gained left alone in our own heads. And uh, that's, I, I just, I've tried that for so long and it just doesn't work, does not work. And the first step out of that for me was podcasts and online communities and, you know, chatting with friends. But then there's something deeper there's something more freeing when more people know and when the right more people know, not, not like everyone has a right to it. I'm, you know, perhaps unique in that I want to talk about it by just outright sharing by sitting down with my phone and recording and letting you see all the inner workings of how I'm unraveling, but that's maybe not right for everyone. And there may be times when it's not right for me too, but it feels right right now. And I'm, I get a lot out of it. Just like I imagine, you know, everyone has a different 
experience when they go into these AA groups. The important thing, though, is to just find a place where you can go and ease that feeling of loneliness. And I'm really grateful to have those things, those places, those people, and I'm seeking more. And I also want to offer that. Um, and just really live it better. And I am enjoying how this book, just picking it up. I tend to read it in the bath. This is my bath reading. And I feel really happily connected to my dad when I read it. And I see how he worked this path and how he, he was a recipient in it and a giver in it. And that at times he may have been a little bit more one than the other, a little bit more other than the one, (laughs) but there was almost always, I imagine this give and take, um, at present, which really is how a healthy community and a healthy person functions in the world. I think, um, there's so much more in here. Like, uh, I love it. Following loneliness is watching out for anger and resentments, which is what I talked about in the, not the last episode, but the last episode of 2020, my regrets. And I touched a little bit on resentments and, oh man, I know resentments are like, so at like the core of some of that step work in AA that I I haven't done the 12 steps. I've read about them. I've read about them specifically as they relate to codependency recovery, which I also have identified as having codependent ways And, uh, it's been really interesting. I think it's something I would like to undertake and that may not happen in the context of the groups that I'm already in. So I may be finding myself also a 12 step program, but there can be many, many ways of having support and communities in life. And I think we all need multiple communities, especially that is apparent. I think after, um, what's happened in the last year with the, immense amount of isolation and time for self-reflection that's come about. So there are ways to do that. There are freeways, freeways, not like freeways that you drive on, but there are free methods, free communities available. There are methods that you can, or communities that you pay to be a part of. There are coaching programs, there's therapists, there's one-on-one coaching, joining a gym, Um, that works out in a safe manner, of course, Um, finding a place to develop your spiritual practice, I think is huge. And I happen to have really found mine, like my unique way on the slack line, but it's also informed by other practices like art that I'm doing with my friend, Amy and tarot that I'm learning through my wealth community and astrology that is part of that magical community as well. And then the um, personal development mindset kind of work that I do in Sean Croxton's Quote of the Day book club, listening to the Quote of the Day. Um, the habit development that I'm working on with the with Marion's group, Marion, Melanie, and Talos, and Masterful Morning Manifestors. There's so much support out there. And if we want it, it's ours. 
but we have to want it. I, I have, I have to really want it. Not just like from my quiet corner. Oh my gosh, I want it. I want that. I want what they have, but to like that missing piece of being able to say, okay, I can't do this alone. And I'm okay saying that I can't do this alone. And now I'm going to find the people who make me not feel alone so that I can do it. It's a big step. So that's all that I want to share for today. Thank you for listening. Um, the books that I mentioned in these last few podcasts are Living Sober. That's some methods AA members have used for not drinking. Psycho-Cybernetics by Maxwell Maltz. Astrology for the Soul by Jan Spiller. Goals by Brian Tracy. And Tarot, Mirror of the Soul by, um, it's a handbook for the Aleister Crowley tarot and it is by Gerd Ziegler. So if you have interest in those, um, there they are. They probably won't be in the show notes cause I'm not doing that right now. Um, and I also mentioned the four agreements by Don Miguel Ruiz, who, uh, the book that I'm going to be reading in my own little book club. If you'd like to join, you can reach out to me and, um, follow me on Instagram for, more information because I kind of talk about some some things in different places and that's just how I work right now so if you're interested in knowing what's up um tuning in here and following me on Instagram is the best way to catch it all all right lots of love to you have a fantastic day till next time